This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm an emergency critical care veterinary specialist and toxicologist. Thanks for joining us. Today, we're going to be talking about how to pick a pet. Now, if you're listening to ER Vet, you probably already have a dog and cat, but let me fill you in. There's a lot of tips when it comes to picking the right four-legged family member. We'll talk about this right after these messages. How many of you have pets? My hand's raised. Now think about how lucky you are to have such a sweet little pet in your life. And that pet is lucky to have you too. But unfortunately, there are countless pets out there that don't have a home to call their own. However, Bob's from Skechers is trying to change that. So we developed Bob's for dogs and cats to help pets in need. With every purchase of adorable Bob's footwear or fun, stylish apparel, or even the cutest Bob's pet accessories, Skechers makes a donation to Petco Love to help save shelter pets. And with your help, we've already saved the lives of over 1 million pets and raised over $7 million. So while you're getting style and comfort with features like Skechers' famous memory foam cushioning, you're also helping to save an adorable pet in need and helping another lucky owner be connected with a future best friend and companion because happiness is having a loving pet by your side. Find Bob's at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, select pet co-locations, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Now, I'm assuming if you're listening to our show on Pet Life Radio, you probably already have a dog and a cat and a horse and a bird and a bunch of different types of pets. And I love the fact that you're trying to listen to be as educated as you can as a pet consumer. But I will also tell you, if you have someone in your family or in your life or a colleague who's thinking about picking a pet, you want to make sure that they pick the right species and they pick the right breed. There's a lot of things to know when you're adopting or purchasing a pet for a lifetime. After all, pet ownership should be for the life of the pet. Now, I always say it takes a huge commitment. And if you're commitment phobic, I always recommend starting with cats first. Now, in full disclosure, most men are anti-cat initially. But I'm going to say it's because of lack of exposure. Most men don't admit to actually loving cats because they haven't had a lot of exposure to them. Let's admit our feline family members are a bit atypical. Sometimes they're aloof. They want to sit on your lap, but they don't want you to pet them. So cats have a lot of intricacies, but I always say once you live with a cat, you really do fall in love with them. Now I'm going to just share how I got my pets. I always grew up with dogs, cats, birds, but I didn't get my first adult cat or pet until I graduated veterinary school. Now, most people, when they go through veterinary school, have like six dogs, six cats, but I elected not to because I ended up being petless, but being able to pet sit for a lot of my colleagues and my classmates. The reason why I actually adopted a cat after vet school was so I knew about all things feline. 
Now, I adopted a little kitten named Seamus, and this was back in the late 90s when I was doing my internship at Angel Animal Medical Center in Boston, Massachusetts. I wasn't actually planning on adopting a kitten. In fact, Seamus just happened to come into my life. It turns out that Seamus was actually a suspect animal abuse case. He was brought in by a family and was severely neurologic, and he had several fractures. I suspected that he was either accidentally stepped on or maliciously thrown against a wall, which unfortunately we do see animal abuse. He was really neurologic. In other words, he couldn't stand, he couldn't see, he had a severe head tilt, and he had some fractures, microscopic fractures to his back and also at the tip of his tail. Now, thankfully, you guys know cats have nine lives. Well, he made a miraculous recovery after 24 hours of care. I hospitalized him for oxygen therapy, for IV fluids, for medications that help decrease the swelling in the brain. And 24 hours later, he was almost back to normal. Now, back in the late 90s, costs were a little bit less expensive for veterinary care. And I ended up calling the owners 24 hours later and saying, hey, Seamus is ready to go home. He had a different name at that time. And I let them know that his bill was about $700. Well, the pet owners never came back for him. I don't know if it's because they abandoned him, if they had financial limitations, but it ended up working well for me because I ended up adopting him. Now, keep in mind, he was a tiny cat. He was just over a pound. And I will tell you a little bit of background about me. While I was in veterinary school, I wasn't the type that would go, quote, all out, end quote, for a dog or a cat. I definitely do what was appropriate to medically treat them, but I probably wouldn't spend tens of thousands of dollars doing kidney transplants and major surgery or chemotherapy. Well, that's when I became smitten with my kitten. Seamus, who I actually named after one of my favorite feline patients while I was at Boston, ended up growing on me. And I remember just a few days later, carrying him around in the hospital in my white lab coat pocket saying, I give you a kidney transplant. I fell in love with this cat. And one of my favorite things about Seamus was that he taught me all things about cat ownership. Now, I had grown up with cats when I was younger, but he was really my first adult pet. In other words, I had to take full financial responsibility for him, and there wasn't anyone else who was caring for him. I had to learn about kitty litter boxes. I had to learn about the best types of kitty litter to buy. I had to figure out what I was going to feed him and whether or not I was going to feed him ad lib, which means I leave food out at all times, or if I was going to feed him once or twice a day. I had to get him adjusted to living with other cats in the household or even other dogs. And I also had to figure out his preventative care. So I will say, while some people may start out as dog people versus cat people, a lot of people aren't cat people originally because they haven't had exposure to them. Now, I will say, as a veterinarian, cat owner, and dog owner, I'm going to borrow Arden Moore, another Pet Life Radio co-host term. I'm a bipetual. I love them all. So the question is, should you get a cat or a dog? Well, again, if you're commitment phobic, I really do encourage getting a cat first. Keep in mind that dogs are incredible, but they are so much more high maintenance. The good thing about cats is they're perfect if you live in an apartment setting. It's always really nice when you come home from a long day of work and have someone who comes to greet you. Cats don't really require any training. They already know how to use a litter box. And honestly, they don't require too much cuddle time. 
If you travel for business, you can potentially leave for one or two nights without having to worry too much. But there are a couple of cons that you have to be aware of. First of all, cats don't like sudden change. So if you're getting new roommates or moving frequently, now is not the best time to get a cat. The second thing, they are nocturnal. So if you don't like having a cat run around your head at 2 a.m., just be aware they're nocturnal as compared to dogs. They also require just as much grooming as dogs. You still have to brush them out at least once or twice a month. You still have to cut their nails at least once or twice a month. And you have to keep in mind, if you don't keep their nails trimmed, they can scratch furniture. Some cats also will occasionally vomit around the house. So just be prepared for that. But I will say, Medical studies have proven that cat ownership is actually good for you. It lowers your blood pressure. It reduces your stress. I know for me personally, just hearing the sound of my cat purring on me reduces my blood pressure and makes me so grateful to have a feline family member in my life. Now, I didn't get my first dog until I was in my mid-20s. And again, I grew up with dogs, but dogs are so much more high maintenance and require a whole bunch more of time commitment and money. Why? Well, to be quite honest, my general rule, and I've talked about this before on ER Vet, is you shouldn't commit to dogs unless you can commit to at least 30 minutes of exercise a day and two levels of obedience training. The more you invest in your dog in the initial first year of their life, I promise you the better dog ownership will be for all of you. If you business travel a lot, if you work really long hours, I'm talking 12-hour days, it is not fair to get a dog because dogs really shouldn't go more than seven to eight hours without being able to go out to urinate and defecate. And dogs need to be walked at least three times a day. Just because you have a fenced-in yard doesn't mean that you have the perfect home for a dog. In fact, as a veterinarian, I see that more dog owners with fenced backyards actually get less exercise because pet owners just let them outside. Well, dogs don't run around and chase themselves. They don't exercise in the backyard. Yes, they'll defecate. Yes, they'll urinate, but they really need that environmental stimulation and that exercise. Dogs also end up being a little bit more expensive. Now, of course, that's going to depend on what breed you get or what kind of hair coat your dog has. But in general, if you have something that ends with a doodle or has a curly hair coat, you better be prepared to pay for grooming appointments every six to eight weeks. One of my colleagues who got a labradoodle told me, I wish you told me that it was $100 every eight weeks. I would have gotten a different breed of dog. Keep in mind, there's no such thing as a hypoallergenic dog. So if a breeder is trying to sell you one, keep in mind, there is no such thing as a hypoallergenic dog. Dogs with curly hair oftentimes will shed less, so they release less allergens. But if you're allergic to dogs, you'll probably be slightly less allergic to a dog with a curly coat compared to one that sheds a lot. Regardless, you still have to pay for grooming appointments or groom your dog. Plus, dogs need monthly flea and tick medication and heartworm medication. They need pet insurance and they're more accident prone. They like to go to dog parks and they might get little cuts and scrapes or bites. But just like cat ownership, dogs are going to pay back that love tenfold. But remember, you can't be commitment phobic if you have a dog. All right, next question. Should you buy or adopt a dog or cat? Now, if you guys heard me on ER Vet before, you know I'm a huge advocate of adoption. But personally, there are certain breeds that I would love to own. I'm going to talk to you about the pros and cons of buying versus adopting. 
Now, most people in the animal rescue world, in the veterinary world, prefer if you rescue. But don't worry, there's definitely veterinary professionals out there with breeds too. Now, I'm a big advocate of adopting. And my general philosophy is the quote, don't breed or buy when homeless animals die. There are so many unwanted animals due to pet overpopulation that sometimes get euthanized because they can't find a home. So if you have it in your heart to rescue a dog or a cat, that'd be amazing. You get awesome veterinary karma. I will say the benefit of rescuing is that mutts or mixed breed dogs typically have more genetic variability, what I call hybrid vigor. So they're actually at a lower risk for getting inherited diseases. Now, they're generally a little bit healthier. And if you don't have a preference on what breed, size, color, I'm a huge advocate of getting a mixed breed. For you cat owners out there, when you adopt cats from rescue situations or shelters, they're usually what we call DSHAs or what we call domestic short-haired American cats. While you can DNA your cat or your dog to find out what breeds they are, I generally don't care because I love them regardless. Now, what about breeds? If you have your heart set on a breed, that's totally fine too. I will tell you there are some breed-specific rescue groups out there, so just be aware you can still rescue a purebred also. Now, a couple of things you need to keep in mind with purebreds. The one great thing about purebreds is that they are bred to look the same, to be the same color, so you know exactly what you're going to get for the most part. In other words, you know what color, make, or model they're going to be. For more information, I'm going to advocate that you go to the American Kennel Club or AKC website, or for you cat owners, the Cat Fanciers Association or CFA. If you know you want a dog that's large, friendly, gets along with your whole family, and you're set on a golden retriever or a Labrador retriever, make sure you do your research. The main reason why is unfortunately, some breeders will inbreed their dogs, which means that the mother may be bred to a close relative, resulting in puppies that have less genetic variability, in other words, less hybrid vigor. As a result, we end up seeing more inherited diseases in certain breeds. For example, golden retrievers, while I love them, they're amazing, friendly family dogs. They unfortunately have a really aggressive type of cancer called hemangiosarcoma. If you love Labradors, they're prone to obesity and secondary ACL or cruciate tears. So you really want to do your research. My next hint when picking a dog, please ask around, ask your friends, colleagues, and your veterinary professionals. I always say your little shortcut hint is to do what your veterinarian does. Now, I will say that I love certain breeds, but there are certain breeds that veterinarians never own because we know that they're going to have more behavioral issues, or we know they're going to be more aggressive, or we know they're going to be more hyperactive, or maybe they're not great with cats, or maybe they have more inherited diseases. So when in doubt, you really want to do your research. We'll continue with this really important topic of how to pick the right pet right after these messages from our sponsors. Does your pet's breath leave a bit or a lot to be desired? You can give your pet the gift of sweeter breath and you'll get sweeter kisses with Probiora Pet. That breath is the result of harmful bacteria which lives in your pet's mouth. And that harmful bacteria can lead to serious health problems. The solution is to crowd out that bad bacteria with positive bacteria. All it takes is one scoop a day of Probiora Pet mixed into their food to replenish the good bacteria. That's it. 
This all-natural, no-taste, no-odor powder is the only dental care probiotic for pets, which delivers beneficial bacteria, which supports tooth and gum health and crowds out the bad. A healthy body starts with a healthy mouth, and Probiora Pet is the best way to give your pet a healthy mouth. And our listeners get a 10% discount using PLR10 at checkout. To purchase, go to probiorahealth.com. That's probiorahealth.com. And use code PLR10 at checkout for 10% off. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Today, I've been talking about how to pick the right pet, whether or not that's a dog or a cat. And again, most of you guys already have pets, but this might be the right show for you to forward and share to someone in your life who's thinking about getting a dog or cat. We've talked about whether or not you should get a dog or a cat, again, depending on your level of commitment. Now, if you're not sure if you're going to love cats, I really recommend spending some more time with them because I promise they grow on you. We also talked about whether or not you should adopt or purchase. The most important thing is to do your research. Now, there are several categories of purebreds to pick from. And I generally say, do your research. This is going to include breeds such as the herding breed, the working breed, the sporting breed, the hound, terrier, toy, or non-sporting breed. When in doubt, do your research at the American Kennel Club website. They have great information. You'll also know they have a top 10 list of the most popular dogs. And at least in 2020, these included Labradors, German Shepherds, Golden Retrievers, French Bulldogs, Bulldogs, Beagles, Poodles, Rottweilers, German Short Hair Pointers, and Yorkshire Terriers. Don't forget you cat owners. The most common are honestly domestic short hair cats, but of the purebred cats that are reported, this is going to include Ragdoll, Exotic, British Short Hair, Persian, Maine Coon, Devon Rex, American Short Hair, Abyssinian, Sphinx, and Scottish Fold. Keep in mind that list is based on those cats that are registered through the Cat Fanciers Association. So again, does not include the majority of what I call mixed breed or mutt cats out there or domestic short hair, which are the most common and my favorite. All right. So you picked your species. You've decided you want to get a purebred versus a rescue dog. What do you need to know now? How to pick the right breeder? I will say one of my biggest pet peeves, get it, pet, as a veterinarian is seeing people pay a lot of money. We're talking several thousand dollars to buy a purebred dog only to euthanize that dog or surrender them one to two years later because they can't afford the long-term care. I honestly will tell you, when you're picking a dog, please be aware that the upfront cost of purchase of the dog is nothing compared to the first few years of life. Remember, when you get a pet, it's always going to be more expensive in the first year because they need their whole puppy or kitten series, which should be at least four to five veterinary visits before 20 weeks of age. They need collars, leashes, kitty litter boxes, crates, dog food or cat food, toys, environmental stimulation, 
surgery to neuter them or spay them. Again, that's all going to occur within the first year of life for you good pet owners out there. So keep in mind, if you have financial limitations, I'm all for dog and cat ownership, but you might want to consider saving the money for the cost related to pet care versus the upfront cost of purchasing that pet. Now, when it comes to picking a breeder, there's definitely a list of questions that you need to have. You want to do your research. You don't want to just pick some random place because they have a great website. Here's my general rule. You want to visit the place and please don't prepare to walk home with a dog or a cat that day. You need time to think about it. So the questions you want to ask a breeder, you want to ask whether or not the parents are well vaccinated and have routine care by a veterinarian. Are they on heartworm medication or flea and tick medication? If the breeder says, ah, he doesn't need that stuff then you need to run. You're just putting inappropriate money into a bad breeder and they're not advocating for the health of that pet. You want to look at the environment. If it's in the basement and it reeks of feces and urine, all the cages are stacked on top of each other. You're not rescuing that breed by purchasing them today. You're just putting money and supporting that breeder to continue to breed. So please run and consider reporting them to your local animal control. You also want to find a good breeder who actually tests or certifies puppies at a veterinary specialist. There are certain breeds that get inherited disease that these puppies or kittens are born with, certain eye diseases or heart diseases. I give huge kudos to really good breeders who spend the money and time to take their whole litter to a cardiologist or a veterinary ophthalmologist to have their hearts and eyes checked. That's because some breeds get diseases like subaortic stenosis or collie eye, and this can be identified by a veterinary specialist. Nobody wants the unfortunate circumstance of purchasing and spending several thousand dollars on a purebred puppy only to find out six months later that they're going to only live for a year because they have a severe heart defect, right? It's only going to be more painful for you. So you definitely want to invest in breeders who take the time to certify and test their dogs. For dogs that have hip dysplasia, a really responsible breeder is going to certify that the parents or breeding line are tested for hip dysplasia to make sure that they're not passing on those bad traits. I also wanted to mention there are actually lemon laws out there for pets. If you purchase a pet and find a defect in that pet, you can actually check with your state's lemon laws. Now, these are really hard because some breeders will refund the full price of purchase and take the pet back, or they'll reimburse you for initial veterinary care. The problem is you've already fallen in love with that new pet. So it's really hard to surrender them to get your money back. So when in doubt, that's why I always say you need to do your research first. My second red flag for purchasing a dog or cat is the age of the puppy or kitten. If you find a breeder who's trying to get rid of their litter before eight weeks to 10 weeks of age, look somewhere else. Dogs and cats have to be with their litter mates until about eight weeks of age because that's a really important time for socialization. That's when they learn how to play with their litter mates. That's how they learn how to respect their mother and other pets. That's where they learn bite inhibition. It's really important to make sure that puppies and kittens stay with their mother until at least eight weeks of age. When in doubt, you always want to make sure that if you're thinking about getting a dog or cat or someone in your life is thinking about getting a new pet, you want to do your research and you want to do it well. Look at websites that end with a .edu. 
for more information. Go to the AKC website or the Cat Fancers Association website for great information. Check with your veterinary clinic and ask advice there. When it comes to dog or cat ownership, please know I believe everyone should have the right to have a pet because it brings so much love and joy into your life. But you have to make sure you do your research. And I want you to be the best pet advocate that you can be. So you pick the right pet because they should be part of your family. The last tip I wanted to leave, picking a puppy or kitten out of the litter. My general shortcut rule is don't pick the first pet that runs towards you or the last puppy or kitten that's cowering in the back of the cage. A lot of people pick that first puppy and they're usually the most rambunctious and the most active and the most mischievous. So my general rule is take the time or take a day or two to look at different puppies, different litters, and make sure you pick the right dog or the right cat. There is a little bit of research in this area when it comes to picking puppies. And I always say, take the time to make sure you pick the right family member. Well, that brings me to the end of today's show. I hope you found this information helpful. And if you did, please make sure to share it with someone who's thinking about adding a pet to their life. You can always find me at drjustinelee.com, on Facebook or Instagram at drjustinelee, or email me your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time, and we want to thank Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.